My name's Kirsten, and my gauntlet story started when I was in middle school. One Sunday, my mom is at church with me and my sister, and she hears about the gauntlet. And so she signs us up. Um, I don't know anybody. I'm terrified, scared, very shy, and introverted. And so the whole time that I'm there, I'm just to myself, not really engaged, like kind of, sort of, not really. Um, the last night, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm here for a good reason. And so I'm like listening into the message and it was playing King and I'm hearing the words of worship and I finally just like closed my eyes, listened to the words and lift up my hands. And that's when I felt God tell me for the first time, like he loves me, like I'm loved by God. And that's the first time I've ever felt his presence. Um, so I got plugged into Fuse after Gauntlet and then every single summer camp after that and every night at Fuse, just consistently, I've found real family and just a sense of belonging that I can't find anywhere else. I didn't know it at the time, but every single year that I went to the Gauntlet or to the summer camp, uh, it's been provided by someone else giving. And for us to be able to go to the Gauntlet, it's been something that we could not afford. And so for us to be able to go, it was of the generosity of someone else giving and it's just changed my life every time I go. Yeah, come on, we can put our hands together and thank Jesus. What an incredible story. Hey, if I could have everybody to go ahead and stand on your feet, we're about to get ready to worship today. And y'all, if you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, let's put our hands together, let's lift a shout, let's give him the praise and glory and honor that he is deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, church, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Justin, and I'm the Fuse Pastor here at our Anderson campus. Uh, Fuse is our student ministry for 6th through 12th graders, and, and it is a blessing getting, get, getting the opportunity to be able to lead uh, the students here in this city. Well, hey, we just heard a story from Kirsten, who's a part of our Clemson campus, a story about how the gauntlet has impacted her. And what I've seen just throughout the years of all that's got, that God's been doing through, through students is that the gauntlet really is a space where students can encounter him and their lives are changed forever. So as a church, we all get to play a part in the gauntlet this year. Whether you go, whether you give, whether you serve, or whether you pray, if you want to find out more information how you can be a part of the gauntlet this year, you can simply text GAUNTLETFAM to 30303. That's Gauntlet Fam to 30303. And we would love for you to be a part of the Gauntlet this year. Well, church, we are about to get ready to start worship. And I want to read Psalm chapter 50, verses 1 through 6 for us. And as I as I as I read these words, let's let's meditate on them and, and put our focus and attention towards God. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sounds. Praise him with the, with the loop and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and the pipes. Praise him with the sounding cymbals. Praise him with the loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Everybody say everything. Say it one more time, everything. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So church, 
no matter if, if I've had an incredible day or, or maybe I woke up a little bit sleepy, there are times where I remind myself, hey, if I have breath in my lungs, I have a reason to praise King Jesus. If I have breath in my lungs, like I can point my attention and my focus towards him. So God, as, as we get ready to worship today, as we get ready to worship you, King Jesus, we look to you, the founder and perfecter of our faith. God, everything that we need is found in you, King Jesus. God, the breath that is in my lungs is, is, is proof of your blessing, proof of your goodness, proof of your faithfulness, God. So with everything that I have, I'm worshiping you today, God. God, we love you and we put our attention towards you now. Have your way in this place, King Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, church, we are gonna start out our worship today by celebrating baptism together. So I'm gonna pass it off to you, Chris, in the baptism pool. Yes, yes, we can clap for that. We're gonna continue in worship, yes. This is Miss Hannah, and she's gonna be getting baptized along with another young lady here. But if you're new to church and you're not sure what baptism is or what this whole thing is that we're about to get to witness and celebrate, what has happened here is that Miss Hannah has already professed Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. She is already saved. That has already happened. And what today is, is she is publicly proclaiming, following along the example that Jesus set and that thousands over the years of church history have set in baptism. And what it does is she's going to tell us a little bit of her story. And then she's going to declare that Jesus Christ is her Lord and Savior. And then she's going to go under the water that's going to symbolize Jesus' death and burial. And then come out of the water that symbolizes Jesus' resurrection. So let's cheer on Miss Hannah as she shares a little bit of her story. I learned about Jesus in Kids Spring Inga News Club. I made the decision to follow him and my dad and I prayed at my house for Jesus to come into my life. Amen. That is so good. So good. Well, Miss Hannah, I have an important question for you. Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus. It is based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ that we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So good. That is so good. Well, as they're transitioning out, we're going to jump in. Yeah, so good. So good. Awesome. Well, coming into the pool with me is Miss Cheyenne. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Awesome. Miss Shina, if you would please read us your story. When I was in preschool, I accepted Christ, and then a few years later, I was baptized. But that didn't mean much to me then. So now, Jesus has helped me in so many unexplainable ways, and I want to get baptized to show that I am truly a follower of Christ and always will be. Amen. So good. So good. I'll hand you that. I'm going to ask you a question. Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. It is based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, can we keep clapping our hands and celebrating and giving thanks for the life change, for the salvation, for what God's doing in our family? Come on, let's clap together. 
Lord of Lords. We praise you and you alone this morning. Come on, church, this is a familiar song for us. Lift up your voice, sing this with me. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, come on, lift your hands and sing. Come on, you are Tell them this morning, this is reality. You are good. You're good, God. Oh, you are good. So good. Oh, the king of my heart. Be the wind inside my sails. The The king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my
if we could just sing that one more time. In the face of any other voice that is trying to tell us differently. The fact that he will never let us down doesn't mean we won't be disappointed with life at times. It means we follow a God who we know will redeem everything, who will carry us through it, who will use the pain and has the promise of his presence. So can we, if you would, you don't have to, but if you would, you wanna believe that this morning, you wanna declare, will you just lift your hands up with me? This is us reaching out to believe that promise, to grab a hold of it. So let's sing this one more time, God, you're never gonna let us down. church seeing that in your presence this morning and say, we believe. We believe, help our unbelief. We believe, help our unbelief. We believe, help our unbelief. And as one voice, one heart, one mind, one spirit, we declare that you are the prize. The goal of our days and the focus of our eyes. In Jesus' name. deepest longing to know you Lord to hear your heartbeat that's my desire Lord I've seen you
Here's our response. All my attention, all my devotion, because you deserve it, because you are worthy, no one more worthy. All my attention, all my devotion. Come on, lay it down. Because you deserve it, because you are worthy, no one more worthy. All my attention. All my devotion, because you deserve it, because you are worthy, no one more worthy. All my attention, all my devotion, because you deserve it, because you are worthy. And I love to sing your praise. For there is no sweeter name. You are the prize. You are the prize. My Jesus, you satisfy. Beautiful in all your ways. 
Oh, there is no sweeter thing. pray together, everybody. Abba, Father, we honor you. And King Jesus, indeed, we can say that you are the prize because you are the best of all of your gifts. For all the ways that you pour out your love and your kindness and your faithfulness and your blessing in our life through your provision and your protection and your healing and your salvation, all these things are just such wonderful benefits for being in friendship with you. But none of them are as good as the gift you give us by simply giving us yourself. Friendship with you is the most exquisite treasure. The one we and our first parents shared with you in the garden and the one that we, along with them, for billions and billions of years into eternity will enjoy walking with you living with your face in view. We love you, God, and we thank you. Can we all just offer up a thank you to God? Let's thank him. Everyone put your hands together, every campus. Thank you, Jesus. You are our prize. You are the prize. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, guys. Hey, actually, yeah, as, as you're being seated, um, I wanted to, as I was Preparing to come out here, I just caught a little bit of a whisper on the inside of my spirit, and I wanted to take a moment to speak a word of blessing over our Bluffton campus. Y'all know we have a uh, a New Spring campus down in Bluffton, South Carolina, and uh, man, could, could we just do this every single campus? Let's put our hands together and say thank you to God for our Bluffton campus. This is what happened inside. This this is what happened inside my spirit as as I was thinking about you guys at the Bluffton campus. From the rising of the sun to the place where it says the name of the Lord will be praised. And so Bluffton campus, you just need to know you are blessed today. You guys catch the sunrise before we do here in the upstate. And I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. I believe in the name of Jesus that God is going to unlock something for the Bluffton campus this year in a way that is truly profound for that community. Lord, we invite it. We say yes to it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, y'all. Hey, a couple of things. The prize. Wow, what a song. Thank you, New Spring Worship, for giving that song to us. That song was written by some songwriters in our house and is now available on all major streaming platforms. So, uh, you know, if you're trying to uh, turn up a little bit in your everyday relationship on the way to take the kids to school, go and get it. I mean, I put that in the playlist. My kids are wanting to listen to some song that's musically terrible, some kid's song. It's awful. And I'm like, nope, we're listening to the prize today. Too bad. So uh, that's, that's what we're doing. Y'all, our, our uh, vision at New Spring Church is to see everyone everywhere in an everyday relationship with God. That's why we want you to have this song. We want you to take what you hear here on Sunday into your everyday relationship. Be blessed by that in Jesus' name. Also, this year, y'all, the gauntlet is going to be incredible. Is anybody excited about the gauntlet? That's right. It's, it's going to be truly amazing. We were able to crank it back up last, last year uh, at the, at, uh, on the campus at Clemson University, and it was wild, y'all. It was so amazing to see the stories of life change and transformation happening in the next generation. God is doing something. 
y'all, and it is awesome. So every single year, in addition to bringing our tithes and offerings regularly, we have two ways that you can give over and above the tithe. One of those is our overflow offering at the end of every year. Thank you so much to everyone who gave to that. But the other one is the Gauntlet Fund, which opens up today. And it's one way that we can support the next generation by sending them into their moment of transformation with God every single summer. And so our goal this year is to raise $1 million by June the 2nd to send 2,000 students to the gauntlet. And I want each and every one of you guys as New Spring Church, y'all hear me as a lead pastor of our church. It is our time to step up on behalf of the next generation. There are so many voices out there in the world right now saying that there is no hope for the next generation. And I do not believe that voice. We do not believe that voice. And one way we turn down the voice of the enemy's work against our young ones is through this thing called the gauntlet. It is our student camp. And so, New Spring Church, we are going to bring a million dollars by June the 2nd to see 2,000 kids. I just want you to ask God, what's my part? And let's dig deep, y'all. There are so many wonderful things that are happening for our next generation here. When we sow into that, miraculous things happen. Can I get an amen, somebody? I know y'all are with me. Come on, y'all. Here we go. Well, y'all, let's pray, and then we will get into week two of Secrets of the Kingdom. Would you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Abba, Father, I love your word so much. I love you, King Jesus. my heart is today, God, that you would give our church, would you give me, give us each heart here today, give us grace to trust you. No other saviors. And so now, God, may the words of my mouth the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, y'all. Hey, okay, so if you have a Bible, turn to the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Luke is that third gospel. And uh, a little backstory about that. Luke is, uh, he was a Gentile physician who traveled with the Apostle Paul. And in the New Testament, we have both volumes of his two-volume work, which was the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. They go together and were written by the same author. You see some really beautiful things in the, in the Gospel of Luke. He highlights certain things about the life and teachings of Jesus that are so wonderful uh, for us, one of those being all of the parables of Jesus. A parable was a first century teaching device. It was a literary device used by teachers to be able to communicate things in a particular way. It's, it's beyond a story. It's beyond mere narrative. It's beyond mere history. It is a way of communicating truth that does some really wonderful things. It locks it up so that some people can't understand it, and it releases it so some people can because it's like, think about it this way, a parable is like a bank vault with this tremendous wealth on the other side of that bank vault door, accessible if you have the key. 
And so if you're taking notes today, which I really wanna encourage everybody to, to bring out a journal and take notes. I'm under no illusions that my words will be the most important ones that you hear today. God himself is a God who speaks and he can speak to you. And so when I ask you to get a journal out, I want you to have your ear open to God so you can catch a little word from him today. Maybe something that, that I don't even say. It's just you hear God speak to you today and you catch that. I want you to be able to be ready for that. So everybody get a journal out. The first thing I want you to write down today is Christ is the key. Christ is the key. In Luke chapter 8, verse 9 and 10, Pastor Brad gave us this last week as he was unpacking the first installment of these parables. So when, and when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, Jesus had been communicating to them the parable of the sower to this point. He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. The key to all of this is Christ. Christ is the key. Christ is the key. What I mean by that is if you have given your life to Christ, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. You are a Christian. You are a believer. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you have the key to each one of these parables. And that's the key that, that God wants to illuminate for us today as we explore the parable that's in question. We'll be in Luke chapter 12 for this parable. So the next thing I'd like for each one of you to write down here, knowing now that these parables contain the secrets of the kingdom of God and that Jesus Christ himself is the key to unlocking that wealth, I want you to write down just what we're going to be talking about today. And I'd like to frame it up in the form of a, of a question for you guys. I was thinking about it this way. I want you to write down, afraid of the future? Question mark. Afraid of the future. Ask yourself that question here at the beginning. Are you afraid of the future? What scares you about the next decade, about the next 20, 30 years? I mean, what do you think about retirement? What do you think about the state of our nation? What do you think about, I mean, does that create some fear for us? Afraid of the future? Question mark. Jesus has some things to say to us, perhaps even to answer some of those fears. All right, so let me set the scene. Um, last week, Pastor Brad talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so what we discover is that Jesus is on a journey teaching his disciples. And so at the beginning of his journey, he begins to see, you, we see this in Luke chapter nine, that Jesus knows his time for being taken up into heaven. On the cross, the empty tomb, and then being taken up into heaven, that time is drawing near. And so he set his face toward Jerusalem. And so what happens here is that Jesus goes on a journey with his disciples from Galilee in the north, following the trace of the Jordan River all the way down to Jerusalem so that he might finish his course. And so that's where we pick up so much of his teaching after Luke chapter 8 and on following into to Luke chapter 12. And what you see is this, this kind of wonderful thing that begins to happen, this wonderful and strange thing. Jesus is casting out demons and working miracles. I mean, he is teaching all this, this wonderful teaching that's drawing these crowds. So thousands of people are coming to be around and near Jesus. They want to hear everything that he has to say. There's something deeply magnetic about him, something special about him, and what does Jesus do if you look in, in Luke chapter 11? 
It, it says this, when the, when the crowds were pressing in upon him, he looks at them and says, this is an evil generation. Now, I don't know if you're trying to be an influencer out there in the world, but this is not the way you want to uh, keep an attractive crowd. Like, can you imagine this? Welcome to New Spring, everyone. My name is Lee. I'm so glad that you guys are all here. You are an evil generation. Uh, okay, thanks. I'm, I'm gonna go to church down the road, guys. What Jesus begins to do as the crowds approach, as the crowds increase, he begins to turn up the heat. He begins to step on everybody's toes. He begins to say things like, you know, what we're going to hear in just a moment. We think about Jesus and his journey as he has set his face toward the cross, he begins to get a little bit more insistent on the things that truly, truly matter. He begins to go to war for each one of our hearts. And so that's where we want to turn our attention to now, Jesus teaching in Luke chapter 12. Would you turn there with me? We're going to start at verse 13. So before, so put your finger right there at verse 13. I wanted to give you just the, the beginning of, of chapter 12 because it gives you a sense to set the scene. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people, think about this, Jesus was teaching to thousands of people at one time. They had gathered together. They were trampling one another. That's the scene here, okay? So Jesus is probably seated some outdoor mountainside. Just picture it cinematically in your mind. He's seated, you know, maybe on some stone or some rock that's, that's good for a seat, and everyone is just sort of like seated out in front of him, and he has been teaching them, and then here we are arriving at verse 13. It says this. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Here's our parable for today. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I want to go back up and just highlight a couple of things and talk through it just a little bit to give us some insight into what Jesus is really trying to communicate to us here today. Okay, so let's picture this in verse 13. Someone in the crowd says to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So imagine in your mind, Jesus has just finished laying out perhaps one of his best TED Talks, and now it's time for some Q&A. And the guy raises his hand, maybe he, does, maybe he just blurts it out, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. You know, in my reading of this passage of scripture in the past, I, I would always kind of look down my nose at this guy and be like, really, you're interrupting Jesus because you're greedy, you just want more money? You know what I mean? Like, what is the deal? But as I've looked at it again, I see, I don't think that was this guy's motivation. I don't think greed was the deepest level of motivation that this guy had. 
So obviously we pick up a a few clues here when he says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. In that culture, the biggest lion's share of the inheritance would have been given to the oldest son, the oldest brother. And so clearly this guy, I think he was gripped with fear for his future. He was afraid of the future. He probably had all of these pictures in his mind about a future to where he didn't have enough money to put food on the table for his family. He probably had in his mind this fear because of the reality that money had completely shattered his relationship with his older brother. I mean, has money ever made family relationships difficult before? I mean, especially, you know, when a wealthy parent passes away and now you're reading the will out in front of everybody. This is the stuff of like sitcoms, right? Money just, it can create some fear in our lives, can it? Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Clearly, this guy was afraid for the future. And so, but instead of being immediately comforting, seeing this fear, Jesus right, hits, him, hits him hard, really sharply responds to him, bro, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Like, I'm not getting in your family business right now. But Jesus has a deeper and more important thing to give to the crowd in front of him and to all of us today. He gives this warning. He says to them, take care, be on your guard against all covetousness. But covetousness is the 10th commandment. This is the warning to not want what somebody else has. This is the keeping up with the Joneses. This is, they got that house, they got that car. If I just had this in my retirement account, then I would be safe and secure and feel like I could breathe. If I just had that job, everything would be okay. Right? This is fear talking, y'all. Fear of the future. And Jesus says one's life, life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. That's right in that context that Jesus then lays out this parable. Let's look at a few aspects of this parable. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. He's even making a point here that the rich man did not produce anything. The land did. God gave this man his wealth. God supplied it. But then you see that playing against how the man talks about his own things. Look at how many times this man says, I or my, I'll say it this way, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I will store all my grain and my goods. I mean, can you just feel the arrogance Coming off of this guy, I look at all that I have made. And then this rich fool begins to make statements about his future. He's like, I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to build bigger ones. I'm going to put all my stuff in there. And then I'm just going to lay back because my future is secure. This is a response to fear of the future. Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this is not your soul is required of you. The things that you've prepared, whose will they be? And then Jesus looks at the crowd. And can you imagine He's been looking at this man who asked the question, perhaps this man's older brother is standing a few feet over. Perhaps Jesus turns and looks at him and says, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus is stepping on everybody's toes. Perhaps to give us access to this secret of the kingdom. If you're taking notes, you can write this secret down. Money is an excellent 
servant, but a lousy savior. Money is an excellent servant, but a lousy savior. When we're afraid, when fear starts climbing up the back of our necks, when we get anxious, when we get when we get in that moment of fear for the future, immediately our response as human beings is to seek salvation in some way, shape, or form. We want to seek a savior. Rescue me from this fear that I'm feeling right now. And so many of us, this was the problem in the first century. It's the problem in America today. The savior that most of us, myself included, run to is money. Because it feels a certain way immediately. When you have enough in the bank, you're just not freaking out. It's just a reality, you guys. I'm just being honest about it. And while Jesus is not condemning the rich fool for being rich, he's not condemning him for being rich. Look at that verse of the land of a rich man. He was already rich. God had already blessed him. And you have so many scriptures that commend wise financial stewardship. Think of all of them in the Proverbs. The godly man stores up an inheritance for his children's children. And the stores of the righteous are, are stores of 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 wealth and oil. I mean, like, God, God wants to bless his people. But when fear starts knocking at our door, we begin to look at money as the Savior instead of Jesus as the Savior. Money is an excellent servant, but a lousy Savior. A lousy Savior. You know, I love that song, The Prize, that we've sung today. And I think, I mean, that's where I want my heart to be at all times. All my attention, all my devotion. Because you are worthy, no one more worthy. I was thinking about this message as I thought of that song and how easy it is for me to rewrite it this way. All my attention, all my devotion, except for my wallet, because I am nervous about my future. Sometimes that's the song I sing, y'all. Can we all admit, sometimes that's the song we sing? And the fear of the future is real, y'all. And I think Jesus understood that, which is why when we go to the very next verse, so Jesus concludes his parable with, so it is with the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God, the very Next verse communicates such a sense of kindness and understanding from God. Let's read it together. Verse 22. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. Now, my wife loves to take pictures of birds. She's a birder. She loves taking pictures of birds. Nobody has ever wanted to take a picture of a raven. You know what I'm saying? When the raven shows up and it's eating like, you know, roadkill, that kind of thing, nobody thinks, oh, look at this beautiful creature, deserving of provision. Nobody ever thinks that. And it, Jesus is saying, look over here. Look at these ravens. These ones that, you know, give you a weird feeling. Consider them, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn. Think of the callback to the parable earlier. Jesus is like, look at the raven. 
The raven doesn't even have a barn to tear down so he can build a bigger one. Yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. We know Solomon for all of his wisdom, but we also know Solomon because he was the richest man alive. And God is putting him in this moment of teaching to teach us a lesson. If God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Can you feel the understanding and the compassion in the words of Christ? He has just done some major toe-stepping teaching. He stomped on that dude's toes. Come on, y'all. We all felt it. Preaching about money in church makes everybody a little bit nervous, and Jesus just went for it. And then he comes with, don't be anxious. Seek God's kingdom first, and all this will be added to you. You know, when I've thought about this message today, I've, I've really thought, like, God is extending an invitation for deeper and greater trust. That's really what is happening here. And I just want you to know, you can trust him. Look at what Jesus continues to say after his, seek, his kingdom moment here. Verse 32, let's read this. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom Forget bigger barns. God is trying to give you a kingdom. Think about how that would have sounded to people who were maybe afraid of where their next meal was gonna come from. Think about that for people who were under Roman oppression at the time. We're gonna talk about our government being shaky. I mean, we're, guys, we're fine. Back then, these people would have been living under a measure of fear that maybe none of us have ever experienced before. And Jesus is saying, fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. Feel that. That is his same word to us today. Afraid for the future, question mark? Hear Jesus say, fear not. It is God's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And look what he says here. Sell your possessions. Give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. Verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart? And what's inside there? For myself, so many times, for too many of us, inside the throne room of my heart, there is a dollar sign on top of that throne. Me giving my allegiance to a lousy Savior. But it's time for us, New Spring Church, it is time 
for us to do a little self-examination, to walk into the throne room of our hearts, to look at whatever Savior might be on that throne whose name is not Jesus Christ and say, get up. We are changing things today. Great friends watch each other's backs. And Jesus is here today watching our back by saying, don't say yes to any other savior. Don't say yes to money. Not like that. So I have two questions as we close. The first question is this, and I want us to really wrestle with it for a moment. So I want you to write it down and then we'll just take a moment to see what God has to say to us. This first question is this. Number one, can I trust God? Can I trust God? The reason we pick the saviors in our lives is because we think we can trust them. And too many of us have looked at money and said, okay, well, you know, I guess it's the best we can do. I'll trust you. And we just know. I mean, y'all know. It's an excellent servant, but a lousy savior. A lousy savior. Can I trust God? Really? For so many of you who I see here at church today, for so many of you I know at our campuses, I know you can trust God. You've got a whole life of moments to where you were in need in some way, shape, or form, and God came through for you, and you have a story to tell. So many of you can trust God. He is the key to all of your success and happiness in life. He is it. Can I trust God? Of course you can. You know you can. The second question today, and y'all, we all have an answer to this question. We all have an answer to this question. The second question today that I want you to write down is, what is my next step? What is my next step? Jesus invites us today to maybe make a bold move by displaying our allegiance to the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ, specifically with our finances. And I know that a big part of the reason why so many of us are fearful for the future is because we just don't know how to money, manage money that well. In the same way that Jesus felt a personal responsibility to communicate to his people about money, like we're not gonna shrink back from it either here at New Spring Church, we're not. We wanna do everything we can to help you be so successful with it that you can make a difference in the world with the things that God blesses you with. And so we have classes, resources, leaders at your campus can direct you into what that next step might be if you feel like that's what God's leading you to. For many of us, the next step that you take needs to be with the tithe. This is giving the first 10% of all of your increase, everything that comes in, bringing it to the church. The reason why we would suggest this is because it is God's biblical starting point all the way from Abraham through the New Testament. This is where we start when it comes to getting money off the throne of our, of our lives and putting Jesus first. It's the starting point. For so many of you, you've never tried it before. No one's ever talked to you about it. Today needs to be the day when you begin the tithe. You, you take God at his word. In Malachi chapter 3, Verse 10, he makes it so clear. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this. 
and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that you will not have enough room for it all. This is God's invitation into a wild life of abundance. For so many of us, you need to take that step today. You've never done it before, you gotta do it today. That's your next step. For some of us, maybe because of everything that's happened over the last couple of years, you haven't felt safe, and God wants to invite you. He's like, you can trust me. It's time to re-engage with the tide. Maybe you did it before, you've stopped. It's time to crank it back up again, y'all. And for some of us, I mean, I know some of you guys have been tithing for years and for years and for years. And I just wanna say thank you for that. And I wanna put in front of you, God may be inviting you in to a season of more where you give generously in ways that would just blow your mind. It will open up things for you that you can't possibly imagine. One way to do that is through the gauntlet fund to lean into that. God may even be highlighting if some of you, maybe, maybe you have more than one thing and you don't need it and it's time for you to give that to somebody. You just listen for him. Okay, God, I got this extra car over here. Will you just guide me and direct me? Somebody might need that thing. Maybe you've got an extra house or something like that. It's time to sell that and to sow it into the kingdom of God in a way that makes a huge impact. What do you have more than enough of that God might be putting his finger on to say, if you will let go of that, I will give you even more to be able to bless others with. We all have a next step today. Isn't this exciting? I want you to feel the excitement of heaven under what this might be, a bright and brilliant and abundant future is ahead as we say yes to God. Yes, God, I trust you. Let's stand together. Every campus, ministry teams, I would love to invite you to come forward and take your positions. Ministry team members, I just wanna say to you too, I'm so thankful for you and I honor you. The way that you pray for people and serve communion every single week, it is such a big deal. And so New Spring Church family, let's pray together and take a moment to respond. God, you did not spare your own son, but freely you gave him up for all of us. How will you not freely, together with him, give us all things? Abba Father, living with money in this world is very difficult sometimes. And so, God, we just admit our dependence upon you. Would you give us fresh grace to master our finances and to reject money and possessions as our Savior? King Jesus, you alone are a worthy Savior. Give us grace to trust you today, God. And power, would you give us power to take our next step? In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Thank you, Lee, for that, for that word. Um, church, this is a time where, where we get to respond. Respond to what, what God uh, may be speaking to us here in this moment. Um, and what I want to put before us are these, those two questions that, uh, that Lee just spoke through. Like, can I trust God and what is my next step? So maybe for you on that first one, you're thinking, you know, I've never actually put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Well, we would love to walk you through that, that conversation down here at the cross to your left. Um, there will be a volunteer there that would love to walk you through um, a conversation to meet Jesus. But for the rest of us in the room, 
this thought of, hey, can I trust God? And what is my next step? There's something in there for all of us. Um, So we can respond by worship. We can respond by communion. Um, But maybe even for you, like you just need to sit and take out your journal or or notes on your phone and actually just like journal uh, to God as you think about those questions. And it may feel weird because, you know, there may be some people like trying to hop around you and all that stuff. I promise it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) But this is space for you to be able to hear from God and do what he says. Um, So, Father, will you speak to us so clearly? God, will you meet us in this, in this response time? And will you have your way in this place? In Jesus' name, amen. Respond how you need. so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise and to know the safe the Lord Jesus Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, oh, grace to trust Him more. We sing that again, sing, tis so sweet. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know the Pray. 
Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I was just thinking about this as, as y'all, were, y'all were singing. How beautiful is it that we serve a God that, that isn't limited by our language? <laughs> like, there are people all over the world worshiping him in Spanish, in English, in Chinese, languages that I don't even know what to reference. Like, the truths that, 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 that are true for us are true all across the world. How beautiful y'all like come on let's put our hands together like we serve a good 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 father a good father thank you lord thank you lord well church lee asked these two questions like can i trust god and what is my next step and as i was thinking about that as i thought about like you know can i trust god what is my next step when it when it comes to money everything a lot of the things that i think Whenever it comes to money, I learned from my mom, honestly. Like there are a lot of times in, in our life where looking back on it now, I can see that, oh, we were living paycheck to paycheck. And ah, that's why we couldn't get Chick-fil-A when I wanted to. Because <laughs> honestly, there were times where we did not have it. But the thing that I never saw my mom give up on was the tithe. Like, I've seen my mom live in financial freedom. Whenever it comes to, hey, God, all this is yours. You've given it to me. I'm, I'm giving you my 10, and, and I'm, I'm going to go above and beyond because I know that you are going to make a way. And looking back, there wasn't one time that I doubted, you know, where we are going to get food from or the clothes on my back. Like, God has been faithful year after year after year after year. I've seen my mom walk with this heart. Um, so even for some of the parents in the room, like I, I just felt this inside. Like maybe there's some things that as you look at your kids, it's like, man, I, I hope this thing shakes out. There's something about consistency over the long period of time that really helps, helps your children learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. So don't give up. So church, can you trust God? What is your next step? As a church, we want to help you with this. So simply, you can text NEED TO KNOW to 30303 if you're wanting some, some more resources to help you walk through uh, things with your finances. Um, this is going to have some resources that uh, include like Ramsey Plus and things of that nature, but it will also have a link for you to fill out if you want someone to reach out to you and help you walk through your next steps with your finances. Church, I just want to challenge us to lean into this. Not because we said it, but because he said it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So as we get ready to wrap up our gathering today, let me pray, and I'll bless you guys. God, thank you for all that we've seen today. God, by your spirit, will you seal it in Jesus' name? God, will, will, 
Will you change the way that we think about the things of our lives? God, I pray that you give us your eyes to see and your ears to hear exactly what you're doing whenever it comes to every aspect of our life. We love you, King Jesus. In your name, amen. Well, guys, we will see you Wednesday night at Fuse for the students. And then next Sunday for church. Love you guys a ton. Have a great week.